0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun.
1: I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 217 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the esoteric agenda and the rise of online video conspiracism episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky,
0: Liv Agar,
2: and Travis View. Today, I'm going to be talking about a significant movie in the history of online conspiracism called Esoteric Agenda, and it was published in its complete form back in 2008. This movie is uh, interesting because it was actually made out of the struggles of a rock band leader to find a popular audience. You know, one of the reasons that I find conspiracism so fascinating is that it's, it's a mode of thinking that is very, very old, but it constantly reinvents itself in each generation, and particularly it reinvents itself with the development of new information technology. So all these wonderful inventions that allow us to like, you know, learn facts about the world and be enriched with literature also empowers the spread of baseless conspiracy theories, you know. You can't really have a culture of conspiracism without first having widespread literacy first of all. And then the printing press and then pamphlets that are cheap enough to just give away for free and then, you know, the industrial revolution you know, that allows uh, us to like make books and newspapers that uh, spread these theories even more widely and then the uh, you know that spread conspiracy theories through the airwaves this enabled for example the uh, great depression era conspiracists like father coughlin and then uh, of course conspiracy theories to spread in film and television and then the internet and this of course allowed conspiracy theories to at first spread in text in like forums and usenet groups and then cheap broadband you know enabled these theories to spread even faster and to more people
1: yeah i i would make the case that um the invention of iMovie, a uh, terrible thing for uh, conspiracy theorists, because uh, this allowed you know everybody to be able to edit their own movie if they wanted to, and you know put in text and graphics and do some you know some Ken Burns uh, yeah. pans. Yeah. Uh, this is this is not good.
0: iMovie's two main uses: the first is making you know Star Wars <laughs> lightsaber videos with your friends. The second is videos about Jewish conspiracies. I think. <laughs>
2: But for this episode, I'm going to be focusing on a particular stage in the development of conspiracy media, and that is video-based online conspiracies during the aughts. It had to happen during the aughts because, well, online dial-up connections, this was like a commercial product starting in the early 90s, but for about a decade and a half afterwards, online video technology was really shitty. It was grainy. It took forever to load. We had like a 56K modem, and um, even when people invented like video compression technology, like MPEG-4, which came out in 98, like the best you could hope for online was these really short clips of poor quality
0: i'm thinking of that like stereotype of a guy you know with a modem waiting for like an image of a a topless woman to load but instead of that it's like you know uh, an image of (laughs) it's like the israeli flag yeah the israeli flag (laughs) you're like connections
1: He's like, come on, there's the top of the star of David. Okay, all right, we're getting a little bit more. His hand starts reaching, you know, reaching beneath his, you know, his mesh shorts waistline. He's like, come on, just a little bit longer.
2: (laughs) That was real. You know, it's like you'd navigate to like, I don't know, a Simpsons fan page or something. And if it had a lot of JPEGs on it, you're like, all all right, these are taking a wild load. I'm going to go make myself something to drink and like come back in like (laughs) five minutes when this web page is, you know, fully Mm -hmm. loaded because it took forever. So video was basically not an option.
1: Yeah, I mean when I booted this guy up to watch the film last night, I went into the you know the little gear section on YouTube and I was like 360p like that that's all you've yeah. got? <laughs> Horrific.
2: But those dark times came to an end in 2005 because um, all of a sudden, big tech companies, they started figuring out how to make online streaming video work. Now, it was still short clips of poor quality, but it was like much, much better than the years previously. So it was in 2005 that like Google Video launched and it was in 2005 that Daily Motion, another video service launched. And it was also 2005 that YouTube launched. Back then it was an independent company prior to being acquired by Google. And uh, that of course led to the first generation of YouTubers, but it also allowed for the creation of the first online conspiracist videos. In the aughts, there were like three big conspiracy movies that you might have seen. The the first was Loose Change, and this was basically the 9-11 was a false flag kind of conspiracy video. The second was Zeitgeist. We've talked about that one before. This promoted multiple conspiracy theories, including the hypothesis that Jesus never existed even as a human rabbi, that the Federal Reserve System is controlled by a cabal of bankers who create global catastrophes, and that there was a secret plan to merge all governments and implant everyone with a tracking chip. Classic stuff. And thirdly, there was a film called Esoteric Agenda. So this film is perhaps less famous than the other two, but it was just as influential. On Twitter, Joe Rogan promoted Esoteric Agenda three times starting in 2009. I checked his account. He's been-, he's been Oh like, my
1: God, three times?
0: Amazing. This is a
1: bad video.
0: It's It's <laughs> awful. It's-
1: I'm just imagining Joe Rogan, you know, sitting on like a hot couch, just a, you know, little piglet, you know, just sweating and, you know, watching this piece of shit documentary and thinking so highly of it that he's like, you got to watch this three times. I mean, it's, it's they claim in it that the Jews worshiped Saturn. <laughs>
2: It's also promoted by um, Alex Jones and Russell Brand, and uh, many people have cited Esoteric Agenda as inspiring their journey into uh, the conspiracy rabbit hole. That includes uh, Jacob Chansley, a.k.a. the QAnon shaman, according to a recent interview he did with us esoteric agenda promotes several conspiracy theories, but one of the core ones it promotes is as old as the modern age of conspiracism. It posited that the world is controlled by a secret society called the Illuminati. For hundreds of years, this has been a favorite conspiracist tale, usually promoted by fundamentalist Christians and right-wing reactionaries, but esoteric agenda had a very different origin, and uh, there's no evidence that its creator started as a fundamentalist Christian or right-wing reactionary, but he certainly fell in with that proud. This movie was born out of the struggles of a popular but unsigned band named Hyrosonic to uh, promote their music. They say that they chose the name Hyrosonic because it means holy sound and also because it's a unique word, which means that only one sort of like result will pop up when you plug into search engines.
0: A- SEO optimization. It's smart.
2: Exactly. Very savvy. SEO back in like, you know, the early you know, 2000s. I do also want to say that it's, it's also probably unique because the prefix hyro is Greek and Sonic is Latin. I'm not a stickler for that kind of thing, but it's probably why it would never appeared as a word before. That. <laughs> yeah. Hyrosonic was led by a man named Benjamin Joseph Stewart. In addition to esoteric agenda, he made two more conspiracy films in the odds. Now the group eventually dissolved, but the conspiracy theories left their mark, and Ben Stewart himself went on to have a long career as a professional conspiracist, which stretches to today.
0: Hey, you know, do what you get paid for. If the bad thing yeah. working out, you know, just lean into it. <laughs>
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, it is too bad because it's like, really, there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with like with a band leader having crazy beliefs. In fact, I think they should have some crazy beliefs, you know. Yeah. Like like you should like, you know, they maybe think they worship the devil or think that they're a demigod. Maybe they think that they're going to inspire world peace with a, you know, a perfect song that only they can write. But, you know, no one, you know, listens to music hoping to have some, uh, you know, conventional thoughts in their head. Ben Stewart may or may not realize it, but he is someone who has helped continue a tradition of conspiracism that goes back hundreds of years. So the modern age of conspiracism emerged in the aftermath of the French Revolution. Displaced French clergy and European conservatives, horrified at the upheaval in France, sought to make sense of what happened. And what they settled on was the origin of what some scholars call the New World Order conspiracy theory. They posited that the social unrest was not created organically or wasn't the product of, like, you know, the popularity of emerging ideals of the Enlightenment. But rather, this disruption was orchestrated by the Illuminati, a secret society founded in 1776 by Adam Weishaupt. Weishaupt was driven by anti-monarchism, anti-religion, and the idea that humankind could be perfected through the application of reason. And therefore, these early conspiracists believed that the Illuminati, with help from their friends in the Freemasons, were the hidden masterminds of the French Revolution and any other movement that sought to challenge the authority of kings and priests.
1: So was Weishaupt, was that was he an American guy?
2: No, no, no. He's Bavarian. He's a Bavarian Illuminati. And um, no, he was he was into, like, essence esoteric knowledge, and he was, like, he was really well-read. He wanted something like the Freemasons. That was a secret society of occult knowledge, but, like, cooler, yeah. and less theatrical,
1: and less lame. <laughs> Would he have been aware of the, you know, 1776, I mean, big year for America, you know?
2: No, that's a, that is a coincidence, but it also, you know, it's also fodder for conspiracists.
0: Okay, all right. It's always interesting how these, like, modern conspiracists, like, inherit a lot of cultural political baggage that they're not quite aware of. Because like, Mm, yeah, this modern creation like opposes, you know, two kind of things that monarchists weren't really fond of, which is like developing liberal anti-monarchist enlightenment, and then like kind of the global commerce system that is like kind of overpowering them and becoming more politically relevant than the old feudal system. And like that kind of fear makes a sort of logical sense for them. And then you but you see in the modern period, how these ideas come to develop for just like some middle class American guy making videos in his Basement. it's like what why would you believe this weird neurotic thing
1: <laughs>